Hello, everybody. Here I'm there to talk about Anchor. It's one of the best podcast uh, platforms that you can you can uh, go on. You can put all your podcasts on Apple, Google, any place. Any place to put up your podcast, you could all do it in one place. Anchor has all the tools to allow you to record and edit your podcast right from the phone or computer. And you can distribute any of your, your podcasts on any platform like Apple, Spotify, Anchor, you know, Anchor, Stitcher, iHeart, everything. It's everything you need you need to make a podcast in one place. And best of all, Anchor is totally free. And let me tell you, I have had great experience with Anchor. Download the Anchor app or go to Anchor FM to get started today. That is Anchor FM to get started today. Welcome to Between the Wrestles. I'm Joe. I'm Cindy. And this is Between the Wrestles Detroit. We are your hometown team on the Cindy and Joe show. And we're talking about talking. Which is my favorite topic. Now, we were talking earlier before the show about how Bill Sedina is on the first line. What's your thoughts on that? Well, I think the reason why they've got him on the first line, and I know that... You know, his play up till now may not have warranted that spot on Lark's line, but I think the reason they have him up there is in anticipation of uh, Jacob Vrana's return. You know, Jacob Vrana, as soon as his uh, surgeon clears him, they're thinking sometime mid-month, you're going to see him back with the wings. Uh, He's still wearing a no-contact jersey at practice, but um, I think that's going to change very soon here. So I think that this is anticipation of Verona's return, who you know he's going to be on that top line. And I'll tell you what, I'm really excited to see that line too. Can you imagine what we're going to see with Larks, Verona, and Raymond, side, or, and Raymond on that yep. line? I yep. mean, get out of here. You're going to have some exciting hockey to watch. I expect a lot out of that line. But I think they're taking uh, my friend Vladdy, Vladdy Metznikov. I think they're putting him uh, back down, dropping him down to, to shore up that line back there, uh, looking to kind of shake that first line up. So... I think they put Zadina there kind of as a, in a way as a placeholder uh, while they shift around uh, personnel on the other lines. Yeah, see, I, I kind of take it with a different grain of salt. Um, there's part of me that believes Steve Eisman and Jeff Lesh want to put him at the top line to see what he can do with the top line. Uh, there's also a part of me that believes that they're like putting him there to showcase him there in case they you know put him in a, involve him in a trade. And then there's another part of me that thinks that you know, Larkin has been such a big uh, key player for this this Red Wings roster this year. Um, point per game player. Um, he's going to be eclipsing his like personal best, professional best in points if he keeps this up by a wide margin. You know how we talked about before the year, we talked about the 60-point mark? Yeah. I think he hits that easily. And um, I think if you're on line with Dylan Larkin, I really don't think that you can uh, – be um, as kind of soft defensively as Zadina has been so far. I don't think Dylan Larkin will enjoy that pretty much. You know, it's, a, it's kind of like you can when you're on. It's like when you're on timeout. You know, you get put in timeout, and like you know, like I can't mess this up because the person in charge will grill the crap out of me, and he can do that anytime <laughs> he wants. I think there was a story about how. Um, for one game, they put Sean Avery on the same line as Steve Eisman. Oh, God. And it's kind of funny because, you know, they, Scotty Bowman was getting pissed off because he's like, Avery doesn't know how to 
keep his ass out of the box. So they put him <laughs> with Stevie White, and, and there was a point in the game against, uh, I think it was Calgary, I, I believe I read it was, and he goes he goes up to Sean, he goes, if you if you put your ass in the box over some stupid penalty, I'm going to literally punch you in the face out, in, out here. <laughs> well, you don't want to piss Stevie off. I right. can imagine that. So, I mean, that's what that's what a captain does. You know, like a captain right. doesn't get happy when you do something stupid, and sometimes they put you on that line just so you can't do that. You know, you're you're expected to be when you're with the captain or an assistant captain, you're expected to play your best with those guys because they are the leaders of the team. I think that's something that Dylan Larkin has demanded this year. I mean, even a guy like Lucas Raymond. I mean, if you've been watching him, he's been great defensively with his his um, defense and his offense. Yeah, his offense has been great, but his defense has been even better. He, You know, he's just a rock star. I mean, that's all there is to it. I mean, this kid's got so much promise, so much potential. It's almost like you put him anywhere and, and he's going to be just an absolute, uh, you know, dynamo. I mean, that's just who he is. And um, the best part about it, Here's what I like best about that. He has no, this kid really has no freaking clue. He doesn't have any clue. He's just doing his thing, playing his game, and God bless him. But, you know, he has, I don't think, a full understanding of the impact that he's having on this team and what what his level of play means for the Detroit Red Wings, especially, Joe, talking about we're coming about midseason right now. And what are the Red Wings' chances for making the playoffs? I mean, they're about, what, eight, nine points out of the wild card right now? Uh, what are the chances that, they, that they're that they going to make it? I, I got to tell you, for me, the jury's still out. I don't really know. I think it's going to depend a lot on Jacob Verana's performance when he comes back. If he can perform up to expectations, especially post-surgery. You know, anytime these guys are coming back out of surgery, you just never know. You know, we were talking about this you know, earlier this year before the season started about, you know, Tyler Bertuzzi and whether or not, you know, his successful surgery was going to translate into as good a play, if not better play than we've seen pre-surgery. And thank God that's worked out. Thank God that surgery seems to have have helped elevate uh, Tyler's game. So um, will we see that from Verona? If we do, I think they've got a good shot. Um, because I think they've got some very solid lines. Probably for the first time in years, you're starting to see the payoff come from the rebuild. Mm-hmm. Some real solid lines and some depth there for the Red Wings. So um, is Jacob Verana's uh, recovery and, and performance, you know, the the link pin? No, I don't think so. But I think it's certainly a very good indicator of whether or not the Wings are going to be able to pull everything together to uh, make up the points that they need to get in the wild card race. Well, I think I think you've nailed something. So here's here's the reality. So you look at the rubbings and their their rankings. Like through the center position, they're green throughout, which means that they're they're really good sent down the middle. If you go to the wings, they struggle a little bit. They're in the red a lot. There's a lot of red around the assists, the goals, power plays, everything like that. Lark, I mean Raymond's the only winger, and Bertuzzi are the only wingers that kind of give you a little bit of you know, and I think that like when you add Verona back, you finally have two good lines. You know, Suter can play the center in the second line, Bertuzzi on the uh, the other side. Uh, then you put Verona, you put Verona or Bertuzzi on the other that other side. So then you bring up like so. Let's say you go first line: Larkin, Raymond, 
Verona, you would think? I think Verona's going to be on top. And then you go Bertuzzi. Suter. Suter. Zadina or Fabry? Fabry, absolutely. I don't think you break that lineup. There's too much good chemistry going on there with Fabry. And and so then the third line, you get to put Zadina, um, Rasmussen, Jamal Smith. You can mix the third and fourth line up to where they kind of start clicking. Right now, they don't have the best wingers right now. Their defense has been actually really, really good. If you look at the, it's like the same metrics, no metrics, all that, they rank out really, 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 really good in the defensive portion. The problem that they have is their wingers passing the puck around, they're in the red real bad, like in the negative points. And that's the thing that I think when you give Ron back, you he's, yeah. a, he's a good passer. He can pass the puck pretty well. I think when you put on, like you could put a guy like uh, – and the Mestikoff on a second line, right? He's a good third line guy, fourth line guy that he's going to give you some some scoring power on that. But you put him on a second line, you give him a little more minutes. He's going to make those mistakes that he's always made. He's a smaller guy, so he really he really you can't expect him to see the same things that like a guy like Baran or Bertuzzi do. Like it's just a different. Well, feeling. he's not a he's not a power player. I mean, he's just not. But he's reliable. He's solid. You know, I'm talking about Vladdy. You know, Nemetsikov. Yeah. And and I and. You know, Blash even said uh, recently, today or yesterday, he talked about, you know, the really good chemistry that you've got with, with Nemetsnikov, Rasmussen, and um, Ernie. Yeah. That those three have a good, and which is a great line if you think about it, because you've got, you've got Vladdy, who's got, you know, he's got that skill, he's got that smoothness, he's got that... That, that finesse, okay? Yeah. And you pair him up with a couple of big guys in Ernie and Rasmussen. And they also have the same skill set. The, the, yeah, I mean, they, they mesh well. So you've got three, in my mind, you've got three really solid, reliable lines. And then you got Mel Smith that's come on. You've got Bonnie your Bonnie Smith. Smith. Yeah, the, the, the Bruise Brothers, you know, yep. that are interchangeable on that fourth line. And, um, you know, or even playing them together on that fourth line. I mean, you've got a couple of different options, as you said there. They've got some depth to work with. That's the good thing. There's a couple things I think they're going to need to do if they really want to hit a, a good winning streak in stride. I think they're going to have to get a little bit better on the face-off percentage. Their win on the face-offs need to get a little bit better. Larks is doing okay, but I think they need to up that a little bit. And I think they're also going to have to do a bit better than they're doing right now on the power play. Mm-hmm. I still don't think they've got their power play units quite clicking the way that they should but when you re-enter Verona into that mix well that changes everything now that's where I do think and I've mentioned this before in previous shows where I do think Verona has the biggest impact and that is on the power play so uh in those power play units so again to a certain extent performance that Verona is going to bring if he can bring what needs to happen um I think you've got the makings of absolutely a very good uh, opportunity at the wild card, but they're going to have to win a streak of games. And, um, you know, they've got a kind of tough, uh, a little bit of a tough calendar coming up, a tough schedule here in the next uh, two to three weeks. So uh, it's not going to be, it's not going to be easy for them, but they're going to have to start gaining some momentum. And that is the key, everybody. You've got to, you can have great guys all day long, but if they don't catch that momentum, you're not going to have the energy that's going to propel them here into the second half of the season. And that is really, really the key factor, more so even than Verona. It is establishing and maintaining momentum. Yeah, you know, you know the thing I really am starting to like about this Red Wings team, you know, we talk about puck possession a lot and how they possess the puck, how much they do it, how good they're getting. Or later, Early in the season, they were really, really bad at that. They were, re- they were at the bottom of the league. 
now they're at the they're at the middle pack of the team. That middle pack, and that's you know you're joining a you're joining a, a, a collection of the Detroit, Ottawa, New York Islanders, Dallas, Vancouver, the Kings, the Calgary. They've had better puck possession numbers in the last month, more than better than Philadelphia, San, San Jose, Edmonton, which has Connor McDavid and Leon Drysaddle. Yeah. Chicago, Arizona, and then you got the bottom dwellers, which. Boston's at the bottom, New Jersey's at the bottom, Seattle's at the bottom, Montreal's at the bottom. Short's in the middle of pack now, and you, if they have another good month, they can enter the territory of Vegas, Toronto, Pittsburgh, Carolina, Tampa Bay, St. Louis, Anaheim, New York Rangers. Well, you know, I think you make it actually a pretty good point there with that illustration, Joe, and I think the good point is that I think that this Red Wings team is better than the, than the stats are showing. They're better than the standings are showing. Yeah. I think they they really are, and so I think we keep watching them. They keep developing, and if they catch, they're going to have to catch the momentum. They're going to have to catch the 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 performance of these key players. They've got some good talent now. Yeah. Now we just need to see if they can develop it when you fast give, enough. When you, when you give Verona back, you're going to have a two. You're going to have two lines. Right. And then you have a third line that could be you know hit or miss, but you have two lines. You know, usually in the NHL, you need two lines to become you know a good team. And then three lines become like an elite team. You know, the elite teams have three lines where they can just, okay, we put the third line against their first line. We put their second, our second line against their first line. You know, right. that's that's how you mix up. Right now, the Red Wings are putting out, okay, Larkin, go out there. Raymond, go out there. Bertuzzi, go out there for the majority of the year. But that's not, that's not how it's been lately. It's been, okay, we're going to put the second line against their first line. We're going to put their, our third line against their first line. The really reason Blackshell's doing it. This is a credit to Jeff Blashill. You know, a lot of people give him a little bit of heat because they think he should be doing better. But the reality of the situation is he's getting them ready for when, you know, the end of the season, things start to amp up a little bit. You you got to put the – you're not you're not going to always get the favorable matchups where you got your first line against their first line. It just never happens, you know? Yeah. So these players got to learn to play against the best of the best. And I think that they will. I think that they will. They've got enough veteran presence on there to make that happen. And uh, I'm just looking forward to seeing the Red Wings rise in the standings to reflect the actual talent and, and skill that they've got going on in that team because they really do have what it takes to rise up into those ranks that you mentioned with those other guys, you know, Vegas and, um, you know, all those guys in Nashville and in Florida and, and all of those. So, um they absolutely have the capability to do it. Now let's just see them execute. They need to start executing, and I think that uh, they might not make the playoffs, but I think they'll get close enough to where you can be like, okay, this was a great year because next year you go in the off season, you got some cash to spend. You can get some. You can get some more players, you know, to build around. You're gonna probably have a Simon Evanson up at some point. Yes, you're let's probably, hope so. You probably have Bergeron up at some point. You know these these players are coming through, and I don't know if you noticed, but there's a guy in Sweden who has been doing really, 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 really good, and that's Almer Soderbom, the six eight forward, two thirty eight. That's a big, big man. And you can always use some size up there uh, where you need it when you got to get tough. And we talked about this before. We've talked about it many times that the Detroit Red Wings, if they're going to play a physical game, and they always do better when they do, I mean, i got to have some size up there. So, um, yeah, let's bring it, and uh, hopefully we'll be seeing our wings in the playoffs. Make it a run. 
let's make a let's make a run in the second half, you know month of February and see where we are in March. That's the, that's the key to it. Let's go. And the next segment of Between the Whistles, we will be talking about the Super Bowl and why I think Detroit fans are a little bit, mm, for lack of a better term, acting like a bunch of bums. You call them losers. I did call them losers. Let's. Well, you could you could hear my whole spiel in the next segment. <laughs> Welcome to the Twin Whistles. I'm Joe. I'm Cindy. And all you Stafford people that you know want to see your your guy win, I hope you know you're a loser. <laughs> you're calling people now, Joe. That can't be good for a hometown team like the Cindy and Joe show on Between the Whistles to be telling your hometown crowd. That they're losers. What kind of marketing strategy is that? Because maybe this <laughs> maybe this will put some uh, a, a brain cell in their head. You know, it's like I, I've heard I've heard stories of people being like they are literally selling Detroit Rams shirts. Okay, they are literally selling half Rams, half Lions Stafford jerseys, and all these people that are like, "Oh, I'm wearing my Stafford jersey to a Super Bowl party." Loser. <laughs> Maybe they're just rooting for our guy. He was our guy long before he was their guy. Well, he's not your guy. <laughs> he's not your guy no more. He's in Los Angeles. Los Angeles, California. When he goes to, if he wins the Super Bowl, he's not going to be like, thank you, Detroit. Nope, he's not going to say that. He's going to say, thank you, Los Angeles. And you're all, all you guys are going to feel, you know, these are the same bums that rooted for Justin Verlander to win a World Series because. It felt good. Oh. Like, can you imagine if the if there was a rubbings player that we were wishing would win a Stanley Cup because our loser ass couldn't win the Stanley Cup? <laughs> like that just wouldn't happen with the rubbings because that wouldn't happen. Probably would not. It happen That's with, true. Would it happen with the Pistons? No. When Ben Wallace left, that was it. They were like, "Nope, we ain't, we ain't rooting for you." You know, I'm pretty sure they weren't rooting for Chauncey Billups in Denver. Like, come on, dude. Like the only. It's a select group of people that love to do this. Oh, Stafford, Verlander. <laughs> it's like, you know, these are the people. I'm being I'm being totally honest with you right now. Oh, my God. The people who love to see Stafford and, and, and Verlander win uh, their championships of sport with another team. You know what those people are? Those are the same people who love seeing their women, their woman get banged by another dude. Awful. No, just imagine it. You couldn't get you couldn't get the job done, so you want someone else to do your dirty work because you couldn't get the job done. Oh my god! That's the it's, same. That's a, it's the no, same thing. It is it not is the, the same, same thing. thing. Those other people are deranged. It's, you don't think these people are deranged <laughs> with these half lion, half rebel, half lion shirts, like half ram, half lion, or these jerseys that have half lions, half rams? Like, what are you doing with your life? <laughs> Like, are you just, are you just, are you not that smart or are you just really that dumb? Uh, you know, I, 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 I really am not so sure I can quite get it. I, I understand the, where you're coming from, but um, I'm going to offer absolutely no comment on that. Uh, other to say that, you know what I think is kind of cool? What I think is kind of cool is in the Super Bowl, we have two number nines going up against each other. 
We should have like a numerologist on the show, Joe. You know those people who see all this mm-hmm. stuff in numbers? We should have one of those and say, what is the significance of having two number nines in the Super Bowl this year? And I think they look alike. You don't think they do. I think they have a similar look to them, just saying. I think Joe Burrow is more stylish than Matthew Stafford, that's for damn sure. Well, Matthew Stafford is a 34-year-old dad. He's a middle-aged guy with a, four daughters, for God's sake. And what do you think? What, Burrow's is this is this. And we, and we have 40-year-olds wearing half lines, half rim shirts. Losers. <laughs> all right. All right, all right, all right. I got you, I got you. So I understand. Who, who do you think wins your bowl? Uh, I got to tell you, I've been asked this question many times, and I actually do like Joe Burrows. I really do. Um, I, I think he's a little bit of a sassy. I think he's a little sassy. He's got a little swagger to him, though. You got to give him that. But um, I think he's got momentum. He's been playing phenomenally well lately. Uh, so he's got tremendous momentum, which, as you know, I'm a huge um, believer in the power of momentum and of that energy. So he's got that going for him. Um I think, you know, many people are comparing him to a young Tom Brady. He's won everywhere he's gone, uh, all that kind of stuff. However, here's what I believe even more in, and that is the power of desperation. And I believe that Matthew Stafford has waited a very long time for this, uh, and he's not going to blow it. I think he's a desperate man. Uh, He knows this is one of probably his last chances to win a Super Bowl. Um... He, you know, who's to say how many more years he's got left in him? Not everybody's a Tom Brady who's going to be around until they're 44, 45 years old. Yep. So I think that Matthew Stafford has, uh, I think the, the Rams are a better team mm-hmm. overall. And when you're running into a Super Bowl or any kind of championship, you can have all the great players. You can have all the guys that got all the momentum all you want. But the reality is you need a team. And I think that um, Matt Stafford has more motivation. And I believe he has the better team. So I think it's going to be the Rams. Okay, let me ask you a question. Yeah. What kind of devil portions uh, serum is Tom Brady using? What, <laughs> de- what, what, like, what, what potion is him and Jennifer Lopez using? Because they don't age. Like Jennifer Lopez, I seen a picture of her today, and she's like in her fifties, and you're like, yeah. God damn. I don't know. I want some though. Whatever they're on, I, I want, want whatever vitamins they're doing. <laughs> like. Like Tom Brady, like if you looked at him when he was, when he first got in the league, yeah. To now, he got better looking. Oh well, no kidding. You don't have to tell me that. Are you kidding? Oh, my Tom Brady. Are are you even like you're, you're looked, preaching to the when choir? He, he here. came in the league. He looked like he worked at a gas station, <laughs> and now he looks like he works at GQ. It's like man, I'm man. Oh, that 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 boy could just he could just sell pictures of himself for the rest of his life and never have to touch another football. Here's, here's my thing about the Super Bowl. I don't know who I want to – I mean, I, I don't know who I think is going to win. Like, I really don't right now. Um, I would like the Bengals to win because I would love to see all these little Stafford little fanboys. I'd like to see them cry because, I like I said, they're losers. <laughs> You're brutal, man. Brutal, Joe. I love Matthew Stafford, okay? I love Matthew Stafford as much as next guy, but he don't play for my team no more. He don't play for my team no more. And when he did play for my team, he is—he didn't play that great. Like he really didn't play that great. And people say it's the Lions, and yeah, it is part it is mostly the Lions. But you can't Stafford isn't blameless in his his faults. And the Rams have a really really good team. But you know what? I just can't stand the effing coach. 
Sean McVay. I just can't stand him. I hope Joe Burrow smacks him across the face with his own, you know, you know what. Because I can't stand that guy more than anything in the world. Jeez, Joe, tell us how you really feel. Well, as you, as you know, um, there was one guy in, you know, L.A. that I, you know, got interviewed by, and he's with Detroit right now. Right. And uh, Sean McVay has his own, you know, little uh, clique or whatever. Of people ah, so this is personal for you. This is this is personal for me. It's like... This it's is like, personal. It's like, it's that like, explains it's it. It's like Fat Patricia. Remember Fat Patricia? The boob? <laughs> the boob. How could we forget the boob? I did not like Matt Patricia at all. I still don't. And like I said in that one video where I I, uh, I post on the page and on the podcast where I said, you know, dealing with uh, Matt Patricia and Bob Quinn was like taking an ice pick up my ass. That's what it was like. <laughs> yeah. So boy, the visual on that. Gosh, stop, stop it. Well, that, the, the visual that, I can't take. That's it. what my football life turned into when those two morons came around. It's like, it's like just, oh, God, like, you, like, I need, like, I need Motrin, I need uh, Tylenol 5000 or whatever the hell say, for, for that, for that particular scenario you just laid out for us, Joe, I think you're going to need some heavy narcotics. Yeah, Vicodin, Vic- <laughs> I don't know, all, all of them. I don't know. I need I all know. of them, because. That... So you're pulling for the Bengals because you got to bug up your batootie about the way you were treated in L.A. Okay, I got you. Yep. Okay, so you're being a little bit of a diva. It's okay. I'm a it's diva. all right. Yep. Big time diva that you are. Um, come, work in politics sometime. Let me tell you. You wanna see? I've been working. You I wanna work, get a taste of a little me, more. Let of me that. just tell you something. I know you work in politics and all that jazz, and you 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 run that gamut as well as you can. But you know, I really couldn't work in politics. You know why? Oh, I'd love to know why you think you couldn't do it. Go ahead. Because you know there always be that one person, right? That one person that just keep talking. And like saying like, oh, you don't know what you're talking about. You're just, you know, blah, blah. and that I would just jump off the handle and be like, dude, you're fat, out of shape, and you're a loudmouth. Like that's all you are. Like that's all you are. Like that's all that's all you'll ever be. And then you know, go in the press, and the press would be like, you call someone a fat loudmouth, and then it'd be like. Partly because of media, you know, I can't stand the media, you know, that's all it is. Well, I, I got to tell you, I was on the brink of calling someone a boob today, and uh, I was, I was oh. really, I, <laughs> it's true, I was, and you know. Reveling it, information, and you are it, becoming one it, of me. It, it, it's awesome. Yes, yes, and you know what, and I had it all played out in my head already. I had the whole, okay, it's going to get out to the press, and they're going to say, they're going to put a microphone in my face and say, Cindy, did you actually call this person a boob, and I'm going to say yes, but your story shouldn't be why I called them the boob. The question in the story should be, what could they have possibly said or done that would prompt me to actually use that term with them? See, that's the that's the story you guys are missing. Here's what I need from you, Mrs. Secretary of State of Michigan, you know? Uh, not yet, not yet. Don't, uh, yeah, you'll, you'll, uh, be, you'll be there, you'll be there. Oh, thank you. Anyways, Let's hope so. When you, get, when you take your acceptance speech, yeah. I need you to do one thing. I should have you write it. Yeah, and and I <laughs> and I want you to say all you boobs that didn't vote for me, uh, beat you. <laughs> no, don't do that. That'd be bad. 
I don't, I don't, I don't think I would take that particular approach, Joe. But I appreciate Mr. your. Uh, Mr. Scott would not be really happy. Mr. Scott would not be happy. No, no. He no. would. He would probably be my ass. Yeah. He, he probably so. Probably <laughs> so. He'd be like, keep that guy as far away from this, from guy, this person as possible. This guy is a is a little loose cannon. Yeah, a little bit, a little bit. Yes. So. so I like Joe Burrow. I do like Joe Burrow a lot. Like I just. I don't know. So what are you saying? Cincinnati's going to win it or what? Yeah, I hope I hope Cincinnati wins. You hope Cincinnati's yep. going to win it, but are you claiming that they are going to, in fact, win it? Listen, this 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 uh, season has been uh, brutal for me. Um, every time I pick a team to win, they lose. So I'm gonna pick the Rams to win. In hopes that you're using like the reverse energy idea, the reverse, reverse psychology, jinx. yes, See? the reverse yes. jinx. See, you got it right there. <laughs> ah. Rams are winning by 25. Go Bengals. <laughs> All right, you know, well, we could take a friendly wager on that. I don't know. You want to wager on the? We want to wager on the game. You're gonna go with uh, Cincinnati. I'm gonna go with the Rams. And uh, what's it for? What, what are we doing? Dinner or what? Yeah, dinner. Yeah, dinner. Dinner. All right, dinner at, at a place of our choosing. Secretary uh, of State is gonna get dinner. There you go. Feed, feed the SOS. It'll be our mantra. We'll put that on social media too. Feed the SOS. I love it. See. Let's do it. You know, another thing about the Super Bowl that's, that's pretty crazy is, um, like, it's in California, right? Right. Land of fruit and nuts. Yep. Land of fruit and nuts. Yeah. And did you hear what their favorite pizza topping is in California? I can only imagine. Wait a minute. Wait just, a minute. Wait a minute. Wait. It's got to be something kind of frou-frou. It's got to be something new agey. Oh, yeah. You're getting it right now. How about, what could you possibly put on Quinoa. Ooh. Was I close? Give me give me give me a couple guesses. Let me see if you It's obviously not quinoa. Um all right. How about kiwi? Kiwi fruit? Nope. No. Alright, can, can you give me a hint? Is it like a is it a fruit or is it a is it a vegetable? You gotta give me something. A meat? It's like a vegetable, yeah. It's like a vegetable. It's a it's a hippie thing now. It's a hippie thing on a oh, alright, it's gotta be. I got it. I got it. Asparagus. Ooh, you're almost correctly. It is avocado. Oh, they put avocado on everything out there. Avocado. Yeah, they put it on everything. I get that. Okay. All right. Well, they're a little bit behind because I actually thought they were already on that. But, you know, and ew, because it's kind of mushy. I don't think I'd want avocado on my pizza. Here's the thing. You hear the police police (laughs) sirens right now? The cops are coming to get us now. They should arrest everyone that puts avocado on their pizza. Or a bunch of degenerates. <laughs> like, th- that's just, that's insane. I, I would have thought, I would have thought asparagus. Because, you know, people are getting really big on this asparagus kick. They're mm-hmm. putting asparagus on everything. Now, I like asparagus. Don't get me wrong. I mean, I don't, I don't love asparagus. Some people just love asparagus. I don't love it. I don't like asparagus I, either. I, I, I like I, it. I, it's I, cooked right. You gotta, you gotta drench it with something like balsamic glaze. Or oh, something. Yeah. you know what? It's great. Is you put um, garlic and um, you use garlic, parmesan, and, and some olive oil. Jenna's oh, mom cooks yeah. good asparagus. That's some good. Jenna's stuff. mom and dad they cook good asparagus. Yeah, I can, but, I can, I can, I can cook me some. I can cook me up some good asparagus too on a. Good do you know day. what the the we, we go from Super Bowl to pizza. Well, you know, pizza is Super Bowl pizza. You know, that's a Well, pizza. because you brought up California, and every time you bring up California, things can go all haywire. Because they're you nuts. Are, you know, we know it's that aisle you're on. We know it's that aisle they're on. 
What a bunch of what a bunch what a, it's a different world over here, am I right? Oh, 100%. Yep. They're they're a different breed over there. So, if going to a Super Bowl party, what is your favorite food? Ooh, Super Bowl party favorite food. Um, you know what? I actually gosh, there's so many. You're killing me on this. Um, I really like when they make the little pigs in a blanket. Those are good. Those yeah, those I can just pop those things like there's no tomorrow and it's not good for me. But I love that. No, those are good. I like the boneless wings, to be honest. But if they're I, too messy for me. Yeah, but if you how do you stop from if, getting messy? If you eat them with a fork because they're boneless, you're good. Yeah, but you gotta stick that whole big thing in your mouth, or you risk losing it. Right, it's good. You just <laughs> chow it down. You're like you're like a tiger, you know, just right on. Or, or, right or a lion. I got that's, you. That's for all you real lions fans, not you fake ass lions fans that are wearing Rams jerseys. Stop! Stop wearing the the Rams jerseys, Joe says, and sure, certainly not to business those half and half ones. Now that one, I got to give you. That's a little. That, much. That's a little much. Yeah, yeah. That's a little I like the bonus. I'm wings. a purist. I I think go one way or go the other. I like know? the bonus wings, but if I can get the bonus wings and Jenna's sister's buffalo chicken dip, I'll be in business right there. I, I could go through the whole pan. Is that what your plan is, by the way? For what's your plan? What I wonder what everybody else is out there. What what are your all's plan is on Super Bowl Sunday? Where are you going to be tailgating? What are you going to be doing? Are you going to be hanging with a girlfriend or what? Mm, probably my cousin's house too. Okay, so you're hanging with family. So hopefully he uh, he cooks some good food. Chip cooks some good food. God damn it. I have absolutely no plans for Super Bowl Sunday. I'll have you know, I might just be sitting all by myself. Oh. In my big new bed with the adjustable no. base. Yeah, isn't that sad? No. It's true. No. I have no plans for Super Nobody wants to hang out with me on Super Bowl Sunday. You I got, think it's me. You got people. Nah. You got people. We'll see. We'll see. But oh, right now, and you know what? i got to tell you, I've been running so absolutely crazy lately, I don't know if I would mind just kind of chilling <laughs> Arrest, out. An R&R &R day. Sitting you know? quiet. That's it. That's it. Just enjoying watching, uh, watching my Rams beat your Bengals. Oh, no. Don't say that. <laughs> God damn, Cindy. I was in a good mood. And you ruined it. It was such a good segment before I said something. <laughs> you know, now we're on the more depressing stuff. Uh, as we go through... Well, this is not depressing because we're going to actually add some tip to the lines. Yes. In our mock draft. Ooh, can't wait to yeah, hear yeah. it. People are well awaiting our mock draft. Yes, sir. This is in the next segment. Oh, Cindy... It's time. What's it time for, Joe? I think I know, but let we, me have it. We are having our first mock draft of Between the Whistles this year. Woo! The first mock draft on the Cindy and Joe show on Between the Whistles Detroit. We are your hometown team, so you know our mock draft is going to be the best one. And it is, of course, coming courtesy of Joseph P. Chap. Yup. So with the first pick of the second, the second pick of the first round, right? Yes. The Detroit Lions don't take Aiden Hutchinson or Kayvon Thibodeau. They take safety from Notre Dame, Kyle Hamilton. No. Yeah. Let me tell you. Just let me just tell you. A lot of people are. They love the. They love the defensive ends. But I got a little plan for that. You'll be. You'll be fine. Defensive. The defensive ends. I don't have really good read on. But I like Kyle Hamilton. I think he's a generational player. And you have to pick a generational player when you're picking that high in the draft. Do you not? Or do you not? And what would Stevie Y do? Don't well, don't go don't go with the flow. Go with what you feel, and that's what I'm doing. Don't go with the flow. Go with what you know. Right, and that's why we're going Kyle Hamilton in the first round because we need a safety and we need a guy 
who can roam the backfield and hit people and just take, take their life. And there are going to be people who are going to want to kick your behind because they're going to want one of the other ones you mentioned. That's what everybody's expecting. They didn't say, they're saying we did not suffer through this horrific season we suffered through to get as high a draft round or a draft pick as we did just to get some goofy half-ass safety. Wait, what? Okay, hold up. There's, it's not goofy. Safeties are legit. You need a safety, but I got something for all those those people. Because with the next pick, the 32nd pick, which means, damn it, the Rams won the Super Bowl. The Lions select defensive end Jermaine Johnson from Florida State. Now this guy, I, I think he's one of the best defensive ends in the draft. He's sneaky. He played really, really good with a garbage team. And if you can play with a garbage team and still play good, well, that bodes well because... We're usually garbage with the Lions, so. <laughs> so we need some experienced garbage players so that they're not I need shocked some, when they come here. I need someone who plays tough all the time. Don't take plays off. Make plays. And he's, he's an athletic freak. And I, I just, I, I like Jermaine Johnson. With a, all right. With a second pick. In a, I mean, a second round, 34th pick. Yeah. We're taking the wide receiver from Georgia, George Pickens. Well, now, what's your thinking there? Because I'll tell you what. You're giving me all of these things that nobody, nobody's going to want these picks. What, what are you smoking over there? You're people, going way, way outside the box, Joe. People are going to want George Pickens. Why? Because George Pickens is a good, a good wide receiver to put on, on the outside of Amon and Ron St. Brown. He's a tall, lengthy wide receiver who can make good catches in the air. And he's a guy who can make plays with his speed and everything. You match him up with the Amon St. Brown, and you got you got a little bit of thunder and lightning right there. Thunder and lightning. Yes, because with the next pick, we gotta we gotta we gotta find a, a just in case because thunder and lightning the way you love me is frightening. Right. <laughs> with the next pick, the, yeah. in the third round, yeah, sixty six overall. I don't think that DeAndre Swift can stay healthy the whole year. I don't think that Jamal Williams is the future. So who do we go with? Your man, my man, Kenneth Walker from Michigan State University. Now we talking. Now we talking. Kenneth now Walker, here's, here's, my guy. Here, I would have picked him well higher than that. Though, here's my reason. Here's my reasoning. Okay. I don't think DeAndre Swift can stay healthy. He hasn't shown that he can stay healthy. And I need a guy who's just shifty, fast, and it has the vision to get to where he needs to go. Here's what I want to know. Why in the world did you pick him so late? How come he should have been your first or second pick? No, because he, he felt running backs don't go that high in the draft no more unless they're a generational guy, which I don't even believe there's a generational running back because running backs, they only last a few years. You know, it's like the, it's, it's like they take so much abuse that you really can't, you know, they're literally playing for their second contract. That's what they're playing for. All right. Okay. Well, I, I'm not going to say I agree with that. I think Kenneth Walker should have been a I mean, higher a, pick, but I mean, that's couple, fine. I mean, look, 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 look at the, the for, look, look at the Cowboys. They took Ezekiel Elliott fifth overall, and he's not even at age 30, and he is already beaten down like a Paul. Running back, 
running back will chew you out and spit you out because the game is faster and stronger, and you just get you just get you take hits all the time. Most of them don't even last till they're thirty years old. So I take Kenneth Walker in the thir- third round. It's a good value pick. All right. Now my next pick. You're not gonna get an argument from me on Kenneth Walker. Go ahead. Now I don't think T.J. Hawkinson is gonna get a payday by the Lions. Okay. So I have the tight end from Wisconsin, Jake Ferguson. Now, if you watch him in the Senior Bowl, he was shifty. He made all the catches, and he can run after catch. Now, one of the problems with T.J. Hawkinson, he doesn't run after catch. He's got the legs of Telly Savalas. So we have to get a guy to replace T.J. Hawkinson. We 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 decide we're not paying this guy Mark Andrews money because he is not Mark Andrews. All right. And yeah, we are right. we are getting a tight end. So that Goff can have a tight end, to have two tight ends, and when they have the two tight end sets, he he has two weapons on that 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 style of offense. He has we, some guns because we know Dan Campbell was a tight end, and we know he likes a guy who can block, and Jake Ferguson can block, and he can catch, and he can run. That's a that's a Dan Campbell type pick. So you're thinking that Dan Campbell's going to advocate for that? Oh yeah, because he's Jake Ferguson is a total Dan Campbell type of guy. Where he's, he's, he, can, he can catch the ball, block really, really well, and he can, he can make plays with his feet when he gets the ball in, in space. All right. I take another wide receiver in the fifth round this time. It's Trey Turner from Virginia Tech. Now, he, people might not know who Trey Turner is. I don't know who Trey Turner is. Most of the people will not understand who he is. But let me tell you, he's a 6'2 guy. Can make, he's a, he's a, he has a great vertical leap. He can make all the contested catches, and when you're taking a guy in the in the in the fifth round like we just did, you're kind of looking for a guy that can get be in a, a red zone target. You know, when you have Amaron St. Brown and T.J. Hawkinson, and and you have and we just drafted George Pickens earlier, you have a you have a lot of guys that you can go to. So Goff really can spread the ball around and have all his little weapons that he needs to succeed. Well, that's good because he's going to need quite a bit because I'll tell you, he's not one of those guys that's going to make it happen on his own. And uh, now, granted, you got to give him somebody to throw to, but outside of that, uh, I don't see him being a make-it-happen kind of a guy. No, I, don't, I, think that, I think those guys are far and few between like the elite quarterbacks of the league, like the Aaron Rodgers and the Tom Brady's and the Patrick Mahomes. I mean, even Patrick Mahomes has two of the best targets in, in all football, and Terry Reed Kill and, and Travis Kelce. So all those guys, they still need help. So you got to get them help. Offense wins championships. Remember that. Offense wins championships. If I never learn another thing in my life, Joe, I will remember that forever. <laughs> you should. <laughs> and what's the in this? Okay, now in the sixth round, I add to our arsenal of good offensive linemen. I get interior offensive linemen. Cade Mays from Tennessee. He's a guard. He's physical. He, he's really he's really quick when he pulls around. You add him to a line with Jonah Jackson, uh, Frank Ragnow, Taylor Decker, and Penny Sewell. Ooh, that's a mean that's a mean mean it's line. A mean line. And that's what you want your offensive line to be: mean, tenacious, and just make their damn blocks. And okay, then, well, sounds like he fits the bill. In the sixth round, 217th pick, I pick a guy from Washington State, cornerback Jalen Watson. Now he's not a guy that everyone like loves because he's 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 a, but he's a taller corner. He can make plays. He played at Washington State. No one watched Pac-12 football, 
not sold because it's on at like 12 o'clock at night. Yeah, and, really. Who the heck's going to watch that? I, I, I'm in bed. I'm in La La Land by 12 o'clock. And most of not the te- really. And, mo- a, and most of the team in the Pac-12 suck. But that's beside the point. This guy is actually really, really good. He he's he's a little bit of a ball hawk, so you're going to have to rein him in, just teach him the ropes. But uh, Glenn is going to teach him the ropes because he had a bunch of rookies last year actually playing good football last year with undrafted free agents and guys they signed off the Meyer practice squad. Well, all right, sounds like you got some good foundation there. What do you got? What else you got in the next one? So the last two picks are the running back Kennedy Brooks from Oklahoma. He's a little bit of a scat back. He can catch the ball out of the backfield. He's kind of a guy like the Bengals have. He's a Chris Evans type guy, you know, a guy that can catch the ball out of the backfield, make plays. He's not going to be a running back that you notice as a running back, but he's going to be your kind of like for years. Tom Brady had a guy named James White who was absolutely fantastic at catching the ball out of the backfield. And that's the reason they won some Super Bowls. That's Kennedy Brooks. It's like the song, Backfield in Motion. And with the last, pick, and with the, the last pick, of, you didn't know I could sing, did you? <laughs> and with the last pick, not of the Detroit Lions mock draft 1.0. Yeah. On between the whistles, we take safety, Brad Hawkins from Michigan. You got a couple of safeties in there. What's with that? Because I don't think you can have enough safeties, especially when you play, when, especially when you go on a nickel and you can always move them around. And I don't really don't think they're going to re-sign Will Harris. So if you don't re-sign Will Harris, you have a couple of safeties. You can develop Brad Hawkins as you go. He can become a guy that comes down on third down when it's a passing down, and he can play. I like him more than Daxon Hill, and I think he's a he's a good late round pick that could bode well for the Detroit Lions. So you're thinking this is what the Lions are going to need to what? Do better than what they did last season? Or do you really think that what you're laying out here is a foundation for potentially a playoff team? Well, when you get a guy when you get a guy like uh, uh, in the first round, you get a guy like Kyle Hamilton. He adds a, he, you bring him into the defense, and you add a Jermaine Johnson rushing the passer. You, you add in a guy like George Pickens on offense, a guy like Jake Ferguson on offense, Cade Mays on offense, Kenneth Walker on offense. You have a... a offensive unit that could be really, 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 really good. And they were really good in the last part of the year. And then you look at the defense for the Lions, and their defense is getting healthy. When you get a Romeo Aquara back, you're gonna get you're gonna get a guy like uh Jeff Okuda back, see what he has to offer, but you're gonna get Jerry Jacobs back and you're gonna get AJ, another year of AJ Parker and Bella Fonwu. And you might get Tracy Walker back and I just like their defense and I think that if they make the right picks on offense, I don't. I really should think they should focus their soul on the offense in like the later rounds mm-hmm. because I think that's where you can find the most value for their puck. Obviously, obviously, they need defensive help, but I think if you get a guy like Kyle Hamilton who's a generational type safety, and you get a guy like Jermaine Johnson who can rush the passer, that's a very, very good one-two in the first round. Let's hope you're right. Let's hope you're right and it works out exactly that way because you're going to see people happier here in Detroit than they have been in decades. I think if you if, if the Lions just do what they should. See, I always caution people, don't don't go for the, the popular pick, go for the rogue pick. You know what I'm saying? Stevie Y has this thing where like he don't go with the guy that he that people are are mocking him to. Like when they mock draft, when they do mock drafts and they mock a player to him. Nine out of ten times, you don't take that player. He takes the guy that no one even thought he was going to draft. 
aka Cider, aka Raymond, guys that like he he knows that can fit this team and and play really really well. And that's what the that's what Brad Holmes does. I mean, he's he was a scout in LA, and he found a guy like Cooper Cup. He found a guy like Jordan Fuller. He found a guy like Brian Allen. He found guys like that that were just instant, immediate picks that made plays and did things the right way, and they made him a playoff team, and now they're in the Super Bowl because of our general manager who scouted for the Rams and Brad Holmes. Well, you know, since you – we already had our, our Super Bowl segment, which by, I, I got to remember, you guys got to listen to it. If, if for those of you who listen to this one, you got to listen to that one. It was absolutely hilarious. Uh, Joe was in rare form. But um, there's a couple things we didn't get a chance to talk about, but since you brought up Cooper Cup, let me ask you this. Who's going to cover him? Hilton. Who do you have covering him? Hilton. Mike Hilton's been one of the best cornerbacks this year. He's been one of the. He's covered a lot of good players in his division. He plays in the AFC uh, AFC North with the Browns, the Ravens, the Steelers. They all have really really good wide receivers. He's covered them all and he's done a great job. And he's the reason. He's the reason that defense actually gels so good and they have a good pass rush. So he doesn't have to really cover that long. So what's what's your take on this one? Do you think Jalen Ramsey can cover Jamar Chase? Yeah, because Jalen Ramsey's a ball. He's a, he's a baller. But here's what it opens up. You know, the next. You know, the Cincinnati Bengals have three wide receivers, and that's why I kind of went three wide receivers, two wide receivers in this draft. Because you can never have enough wide receivers. Because there's always going to be one guy that's going to be able to cover your best guy, and you got to have guys that are can get open. With the Bengals, they have T. Higgins, and they have Tyler Boyd, and they have a bunch of guys that can make plays in the open field and Burrow can get, get it to them. But I think they're going to go a short passing game. Make they, They're going to inch their way up the field. They're going to take time off the clock, and that's what, how the Bengals are going to play that game. I guarantee it. But will they win it? We'll have to see well, on if, Sunday. Well, if you take – if let me just let me just say this. I know this is not a Super Bowl one, but let me just say this. If you take time off the clock, you eat up the clock, you play time of possession, you're, you, beat the, you can beat the Rams. Because when they when you take time of possession away from the Rams – they make mistakes, so that's what I'm looking for. Well, hopefully, we'll be having this conversation about the Lions one day before we die. <laughs> one can hope. Hopefully, Brad Holmes is a guy. I think Dan Campbell is a guy. Let's make it happen, boys. Let's go. In our next segment, we are talking about what a zoo is doing for their monkeys. Oh boy. That's next on Between the Whistles, Detroit, your hometown team. Welcome to Between the Whistles. I'm Joe. I'm Cindy. Listen. <laughs> oh my God. Now I'm a little nervous because this next segment, Joe says he can't tell me what it's about. He wants my raw reaction. But yet the music he starts this segment with is let's get it. Let's get it on. Uh, um, okay. You, this is going to be a good one. Go ahead. Shoot. Go ahead. Now, at the British Zoo called Trantham, they have a they have a monkey forest, right? A monkey. A monkey forest. Forest, okay. Forest yep. for monkeys. That so far so good. We're we're good. All right. They are looking to try to get these guys to these little monkeys to mate with each other, so they can make little monkey babies. You know, which are the cutest darn things ever. So I'm good with that. I'm good with this so far. Go ahead. In an effort to get them to mate. They have hired a Marvin Gaye impersonator <laughs> to sing to the monkeys. Let's get it on. Now this is a, this is a video. 
You're kidding me, really? No, I'm, I'm gonna play you the video. Oh, you've gotta be joking. you imagine being these monkeys and you're like, bro, I just want to like mate in peace. Like, and this guy's singing sexual healing and let's get it on. Like, what is this guy doing? Well, um, first off, I really don't think that necessarily even works with human primates, right? But um, I, 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 I don't know that they're going to quite get the vibe. I don't think they're going to... Um, I, I don't think it works that way for monkeys. I Now... In the in the statement, but I'm not a I'm not a monkey expert. In, but in yeah, the, in the statement, park director Matt Lovett said, "We thought it'd be a creative way to encourage our females <laughs> to show their little section to the males that might not have been so lucky in love." <laughs> so they're doing it. No, this is interesting. So according to him, they're not doing it to entice the males. They're doing this supposedly to entice the females. To to uh, approach the males or yep. to encourage the males. Yep. I see. So they're using Marvin Gaye to uh, to appeal to the female monkeys. Now my thing about well, it, there might be some thought. There yeah. might make some sense. Now my thing about it is, how the hell do you know what a woman's thinking, especially a <laughs> monkey? <laughs> That's true. Any female. And if we, it's really, hard enough to know what any female. And if is we thinking. really, if we really wanted to go full circle, why don't you just make these monkeys swipe? You could get them linder, little Tinder profiles for monkeys. <laughs> and could, they, could you imagine, like, what what would you possibly write in a Tinder profile for for a monkey? What would they find appealing? You think? Like to eat bananas. <laughs> like to eat bananas. Don't like to go for don't, long swings in the trees. Don't like to eat kiwi. I. <laughs> I like to brush my teeth. Something like that. You know, these monkeys are crazy. I'll, I'll pick the bugs off you for free. What? I, that, <laughs> that is love right there. That I, is so love. I, I heard that that's what they do is they, they groom each other. So free grooming services. You know what? That might actually even work for female humans. Free grooming services. Because I'll tell you, it's very expensive. It's very expensive to groom when you're a female. It really is. You guys don't even understand. I've been told that by, you know, sources. Well, that's right. That's right. You're, in fact, your significant other is in that business, yep. right? Of, of the grooming. And I can tell you what, I mean, I'm not kidding you. It is not unusual for a woman to to come up with, you know, paying three, $400 a month for said kind of services. I the gotta, things we do to be appealing for you guys. I got to tell you something. I don't know if this is going to work, but this is, this is the funniest idea I've ever heard in my entire life. Like, we're going to have a music impersonator of Marvin Gaye. Sing, let's get it on and sexual healing to the monkeys to bolster them to come and be like, yep, I'm ready to go. Let's go. Well, you know what I don't, what I don't understand is why do they need a, a live impersonator? Like they couldn't just pipe that music into like the enclosure or something. See, this is, this is, this is why. The, why do you have to hire an impersonator? This is why we kicked the British ass in, in the Revolutionary <laughs> War because they're <laughs> dumb. Like they're just not smart. Well, I, I, I'm kind of curious about, yeah, why that is. We got the bits. We got the key and compass. <laughs> we, put the, we put the sexual healing guy <laughs> with the monkeys. Where are the baby monkeys? Uh, we we are going to make baby monkeys. monkeys soon. See, we don't have this problem in the States. You know why? 
Because all these monkeys in the States, they see what's happening outside the cage, and they want to they wanna be in, in that kind of feeling too, you know? Gotcha. So we have smarter monkeys than the Brits. Yeah, exactly. That's why we want the Revolutionary War. Maybe we just have randier ones. Maybe ours are just a little more, you know... Oh, you're trying to say that they're more like, uh, they're more hoish? Yeah, maybe that's what it is. You know what? That's not a bad thing, though, when you're monkeys, because you're looking to have, like, a billion kids. You don't have to pay for them. You know, the zoo is feeding them and everything. That's true. Just have as many goddamn monkeys as you want. You can just, you can have all the fun without the responsibility. No birth control. Just, just look at that. Just run at it, baby. Run it. Our monkeys got it, man. They got it figured out. See, in the states, we don't have this problem. I don't know why they're they're in a problem in Britain. Like maybe they should like be more like the United States. Well, yeah. I mean, I think that was their problem from the get go. Like you said, I mean, all the real all the real badasses came here. Yeah, exactly. The Rolling Stones and all kind of the the pansies stayed stayed over there in Britain, and that's why we won and they lost. Yep. And you know, so now now they got a monkey problem. Well, I hope they I hope this works. Joe, I hope it works because if it does, that means we get to see lots more baby monkeys and they're just the cutest darn things ever. If it works, it's brilliant. If it doesn't work, <laughs> it just shows the British have lost their damn mind. And whoever suggested it is gonna be losing his damn job, I'm sure. <laughs> He's gonna be like uh what 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 Donald Trump is saying in the apprentice? You're fired. Right. You're fired. That's what's going to happen to that guy. Fired. Yeah, for sure. I would think so. But hey, if it works, like or as, you said, the or guys as, Or as the British would say, you've been temporarily let go. <laughs> <sighs> right, right. Well, I think they should have, I think they should have the monkeys doing Tinder swipes. That's what I think they should do. <laughs> I think that'd be more brilliant. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. Or, I, or, or just play the George Strait song, check yes or no, and see if they check yes or no. There you go. I mean, that's a kids' game. That could work. Now, if you're trying, if you're trying to bolster these monkeys to do like, uh, you know, sex games and all that. <laughs> oh my! Maybe that's it. Maybe they're going. See, but you got to give them this. At least they're going kind of the romantic route, right? They're going with the Marvin Gaye, the singer. At least they're not like forcing them to watch, you know, Fifty Shades of Grey. You know, you know what they, they should do? Them- no, no. <laughs> I t- I'm telling you what they should do. I'm telling you what they should do. Play Cardi B. And WAP. <laughs> it's a graphic song, which we will not play. It is. Oh, thank God, because it is really It is a graphic song. It is. But if you're looking for these 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 monkeys to get in the mood, maybe that's maybe that's the play. Like maybe that's the play. Like I know you like these like romantic uh, you know type songs, and I do too. Well, come on, what? Come on, really? That most women do. Uh, yeah, know. most women are romantics. It's true. It's okay. I like country music. You like uh, Survivor and that pile of mud. I'm a child of the 80s. Give me a break with that. <laughs> You're definitely a child of the 80s. So. I get, well, I know because you know what? I, I get comments about my hair all the time. I've seen it. You know what? Yeah. See, now this isn't fair. You see, these are the things that men don't have to worry about. I'm talking about the difference between men and women. Well, you don't have to worry about your hair. Nobody's looking at your hair, gentlemen, in your profession. But I'll tell you what. On my professional Facebook page, I actually had, thought it was kind of funny. I actually had someone comment that what should be on my my community's uh, board meeting agenda should be my hair. Isn't that something? 
I'll tell you what. Like anyone cares, but apparently people are paying attention. Well, to when you have a picture from the eighties, I mean, let's just be honest. Like he's so fucking eighties too. Well, that's what I found kind of funny because you know you look at this gentleman's profile and what you find out is uh, he's really one to talk. I mean, he's still stuck. In the he 80s. wasn't a fashionista, that was for certain. See, this is the problem I have with dudes. They always want, they always want to talk like, oh, this girl, you know, this woman, she, you know, she's got like this this bad hairdo or whatever, and it's like, bro, like... And I don't have bad hair, by the way, but I just found it interesting, like, you that have was a, the most you impressing have, you, thing. You have a style, you have a style, and it works for you. There you go. I mean, there's a lot of guys that, like, you know, they want to be like the monkeys. <laughs> I mean, I... In which case, hairstyle would not matter. I, I have seen these messages that have hit your inbox and uh oh gosh well, i know we've talked about them in previous episodes yeah but like these guys these guys i mean it, they'll just be honest they don't care about the hair they just you know so. they don't care about the hair but apparently there there is a, a gentleman out there who does and so i i was going to pass it on to my colleagues that uh I, that's it resident request on on the next board meeting agenda will be uh clerk barry's hair and what to do about it the threat to Chesterfield Township. Clerk Barry's your hair. hair. Your hair is a threat to the community. Apparently so. Did you so. know that? It would it's seem no, so. It's, it's no longer, uh, uh, what is, what's the hot topic in, in, in your community? Uh, <laughs> water. Can, cannabis. Cannabis, uh, water rates. Water, uh, sidewalks. Infrastructure. Uh, everything. <laughs> uh, it's hair. What should we do about Clerk Barry is hair? <laughs> Can you believe that? I mean, it's... Oh, I found it funny. I mean, actually. there's got there's guys that are that are that are in high levels position and they're wearing wigs. Well, that's true. You know what I'm saying? Like, uh, I mean, I don't know anybody personally, but oh, uh, uh, come. Well, come on, if you you know, I mean, the one there is there is a guy that you know is wearing wears a wig. Let's be honest. Oh well, you know, there's but there's none that sit on my board with me that I'm aware of. But uh, I just found it funny that uh, you know you think nobody's paying attention, or you think you know you think they're concentrating on all these other really vital issues and. And no, it's it's the hair. See, and you gentlemen don't have that worry. No, nope. uh, I don't think you know any of my male counterparts are going to get a uh, you know a Facebook message or comment on, on their professional on your page hair, saying, yeah. uh, "Hey, you got to do something about those spikes," you know. But hey, at the next <laughs> board meeting, let's let's but you should just start it with, you know, let's get it on. Maybe that's it. Maybe, that, maybe that's maybe, the ticket. Right maybe there. that will entice the mood and r- raise the level of. Uh, you of know, interest, for sure, I would think. Or, uh, you know, it'll, it'll lower the level of hostility, and you can finally get some things done without people yelling at each other. There you go. See, yeah, I like we that. have found the magic potion to politics. That's Just it. now. Just Marvin Gaye. Uh, Marvin He's the Gaye. answer for everything. Marvin Gaye is an answer to everything. <laughs> Just get it on, baby. Just oh. get it on. <laughs> Oh, boy, oh, boy, oh, boy. Well, I'll tell you what. I am looking forward to next week talking about our winners of the Super Bowl. And I think we have a surprise. We may actually be on video. We've gotten lots of requests to be back on video. Obviously, there's more people that want to see my hair. And uh, (laughs) hopefully we'll be back on video for you next week. And uh, in the meantime, when you are watching the Super Bowl, Joe, I'm willing to bet you you're going to be enjoying some of your chew. And I bet I know where you got it. Wild Bill's tobacco, you know. You bet. They're just so great. And uh, actually, you know, a strange a social media guy for Wild Bills came and asked me why we were pumping Wild Bills on our pages. <laughs> well, I, I don't know, perhaps because they sponsored us? I don't know. Right, right. 
What did they think that was about? <laughs> why, why, why do you think we're mentioning you? Because we are sponsored by Rob Bills, and if you're a smoker of a cigar like Joe Burrow, or you're you like to chew tobacco like me, or you like to smoke cigarettes like none know, of us, <laughs> like people in the, the parks, the trailer parks, get. <laughs> Two okay. Wild Bills, they have the best selections. And if you like to roll your own cigarettes, let's say you're a degenerate and you can't buy cigarettes, so you roll your own cigarettes, you could do that there too. Well, the good news is they appeal to everybody that got something for everyone, and there's locations all over the place. So there are a bunch of great people over at Wild Bills. Uh, go visit them for all of your tobacco needs. And they got vapes too. I know They got a, everything. I know that's a very, very hot ticket item. They got vapes, and they, you know what they also they got? They have... The weed stuff. Do they? I, uh, you know, I they tell you what. Have the, they have the bongs and all that. They have the weed stuff. Gotcha. Like Stephen A. Smith, you know, the weed. Right. Yeah. <laughs> the point is they've got everything. They've got all everything. They've got you covered. Let's put it that way. And uh, Joe and I, we'll see you next week. <sighs> Listen. Stay off the weed. Stay off the weed. Right. Stay off the weed. See you next week. Stay off the weed.